hosting a fall shindig, a horror movie marathon, an impromptu game night, want to get cozy with friends and serve up pumpkin beers? All great, but don't do it without Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can find all the right drinks for whatever you're planning, then get them delivered to your door. Boom, hosting handled. Now, before you get back to folding napkins, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com slash hosting dash handled. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com slash hosting dash handled. Today, must be 21 plus not available in all locations. And welcome into the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Matt, the season is absolutely flying by i have a couple leagues that are actually starting playoffs there they do like the points that are like multiple week matchups so we roll with it but we got playoffs kicking off there and you know as we start rolling in once football comes around the corner baseball season is coming to an end we still have a few more weeks so don't worry still got plenty of baseball and i'm gonna say it now and i'm gonna say it every episode here from the way out do not forget about your fantasy baseball teams just because fantasy football has started I understand fantasy football drives the bus and it's very interesting for everybody and everyone loves it. But if you've been if you've been grinding on your team since March with drafts, listening to us here, reading all the fantasy alarm content we have for fantasy baseball, now is not the time to forget about those teams. Once again, I'll give you that bi-weekly PSA in the next episode as well. But I'm Colby Conway at Colby R. Conway on Twitter and here, as always, Matt Sells at the Salesman over on X, formerly known as Twitter. So, Matt, it is hot here in North Carolina. I know it's very hot where you are as well. But outside of beads of sweat dripping down your face whenever you get up and do anything anywhere in our, in our respective areas of the world, how are you doing? Uh, I'm not too bad. I didn't have to deal with the hurricane tornado earthquake that happened in California yesterday um with hurricane hillary hopefully everybody if you're in that area hopefully you made it out okay um i don't believe there was you know seems like socal got hit a little bit but i will say in an interesting um schedule tweak so we know that the dodgers and the angels didn't play on sunday right they played double headers on saturday the dodgers were playing the marlins and the angels were playing the rays and both of those series got moved up to avoid a hurricane not in Florida, but rather Los Angeles. So where will we live in? Just weird, man. Just, just weird. I'm doing I'm doing all right though. I have uh, a chance to pick up a prospect maybe in my home league this weekend. So gotta do gotta start doing my uh you know research, including some KBO guys. We will talk probably about one of the prospects that I think you're kind of mentioning as well later on in the show here. But Matt, just a couple things here before we get into injuries like we always talk about here in the early edition of this podcast that we do in the beginning of the week here. But Julio Rodriguez, if you would have asked fantasy managers a couple of months ago, he was trending towards a very disappointing fantasy season. When we look at it now, more stolen bases than last year in the 132 games. His power's coming along, more RBIs. He's going to surpass his run total from last year. And many of the peripherals are relatively similar. Now, those numbers are boosted by an absolutely insane little stretch that he has had here where he actually made he made history with the number of hits that he had in a couple of games. But he had four straight games with at least four hits. Yep. Nobody in the history of the game has ever put up 17 hits in a four-game stretch before. Uh, he actually out-offensed the New York Yankees 
for four games. He himself had 17 hits, which was the same number of hits as the entire Yankees team. The Yankees, I think, scored, what, four runs, and he had five, and then the Yankees didn't steal a bag, and he stole five. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was it. that's a heck of a run from a guy who's been – a little disappoint, a little disappointing, to be honest. I mean, he was in the conversation for number one overall pick this year, and uh, basically all of the guys that were in that conversation, except for one, didn't live up to the hype. Like Acuna is the only one in that conversation that has lived up to the hype. I don't know if anybody was taking Otani number one. I guess he would be another one if you, you know, if he did. That's a heck of a run by Julio. Like, I wish, like, I'm sure the Mariners fans wish they saw that about six weeks ago when they were still in better playoff contention than they are right now. I mean, overall, though, at the end of the year, he may have the luxury of playing in a few more games this year compared to last year. Um, Knock on wood, health willing. So he may end up actually surpassing many of the numbers that he put forth last year. However, the pacing last year, if you would parlay it over the number of games this year, may lend itself to a little bit more. But just to kind of like say this, I'm looking at it here. 34 games since the All-Star break, okay? Yep. He's hitting 347 with eight home runs, 12 doubles, 24 runs scored, 30 RBI, 11 stolen bases, also been caught stealing four times. So let's just say 34 games. That's what, one-fifth of a season? Um, Kind of, so 30. It's pretty close. Because, I mean, 34 times 5 is 170. So So roughly take that times 5. This over a year, obviously the average kind of comes out, but we're talking 40 homers, 55 stolen bases. That pacing. And you thought Acuna was the only guy possible. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's What he's done is absolutely insane. I mean, this is is an impeccable stretch, and it's one of those things where if you got through some of those early months where he was – the numbers were more spread out in terms of his overall production, maybe not as consistent, just the numbers, I mean, really just kind of weren't great. I mean, hit two, 252 in May and 220 in June, only had eight home runs across the 51 games between those two months, and he's got eight home runs and 34 since the All-Star break here. If your fantasy team somehow weathered the storm that was earlier in the year when he was a bit slower in those terms of production, you have to be stoked right now. Yeah, if you're making a run up your standings or in the playoffs, you're pretty excited that you're getting this version of Julio for the stretch run of the season. Arguably the most important time. And then interesting kind of talking point here. I don't know what we make of it, but Gunnar Henderson had a chance at, at the at the cycle. And instead of, you know, pooling up at first base, he stretched it and into a double. So overall, he ended up with, I guess that would make it, what, four extra base hits? Yeah, that two game. doubles, a triple, a homer. Yep. So he fell a single shy of the cycle and all the players in the dugout were like confused. And I guess his is, I guess you just don't turn that off switch, right? You're just going for it. You're not necessarily thinking of it. You're trying to put your team in the best spot possible and going for that extra base was it. Is it, is it other, is it anything more than just a talking point? I mean, if anything, I think it kind of looks good on Henderson, right? Like, sure. He doesn't get his name etched in the history books for the cycle, but at the same point, he's like, screw history. I'm helping the team. Now this extra base could matter. Well, so a couple things. One, a cycle isn't like a no-no, right? It's certainly not like a perfect game or, I mean, you know, I put it on par with an immaculate inning. Sure, it doesn't happen that often, but can you tell me right now the last guy that threw an immaculate inning aside from the 12-year-old for Chinese Taipei in the Little League World Series? No. 
Not sure I could tell you the last guy to have a cycle. I'm pretty sure somebody did it for Baltimore last year, if I'm not mistaken, but I can't tell you who. Um, now, the one thing that I think gives it a little bit more uh, credence is that it was a 10 to 1 game for the the O's were up 10 to 1, right? And it was clearly late in the game. This was his fourth at bat. And the guy, I mean, there was a guy on, so it's not like him going to second forced the guy to come home at that point. He was going to score anyway based on how the ball was fielded and where it went. So, I don't know. I If I'm an O's fan, I love to see that kind of hustle from a young kid. Uh, it, you know, this is what you're building the core of your team around is kids that hustle and play baseball the right way. What is playing baseball the right way? Taking the extra base when it's available to you. So I have no problem with it. I did think it was interesting that like when you think of a guy as being one hit short of the cycle, it's never the single that comes to mark. Yep. Right. It's usually the triple because those are the hardest to get. And so, you know, you'd be like, oh, we only legged out a double instead of trying to go for a triple. No, this time he just overran first base and made it standing up at second. I have no problem with it. And, I mean, the three at-bats prior were the home run, triple, and double. So maybe he was just like, I didn't know that you could stop at first base. All I do is hit extra base hits this game, so I'm just going to do what I do best in round second. I think it's just a talking point. Hopefully, you know, maybe there's a little bit of good karma here, and in the future he's got another chance at that cycle, and he actually gets it that time. But I think ultimately, yeah, you don't get your name in the history book for the cycle, but, like, a four-extra-base hit game is pretty darn good, too. Yeah, I'd rather have the four-extra-base hit game to be perfectly honest, like, and he's talented enough. One would think he'll have a chance at it again in theory. I I would assume so. I mean, you know, he's, he's fairly quick. So it's not like triples are going to be that big of a, you know, you place it right. You can lay out a triple. Um, Yeah. I mean, he already has six six triples this year, five before the one yesterday. Exactly. So he'll get there. Not concerned. A couple of injuries, because we always talk about those in the beginning of the week. Some of the biggest ones with the Dodgers, Tony Gonsolin, forearm inflammation. little doom and gloom coming out of L.A. Not sure we really see him again. Seems like Dodgers are kind of like that team, kind of like the race. It's not necessarily big, but those arms tend to get hurt a little bit. Sometimes, though, it's that stupid Dave Roberts phantom IL stint that always seems to happen. So can't always say they're injured there, but Gonsolin, there's some doom and gloom. They're going to do some more reports. Obviously, they're going to make sure everything is there. But I think for fantasy managers, I, I'm not holding my breath for him the rest of the way. Yeah, I don't know. I watched his last start uh, against the Marlins. And this might – I can't say that I saw his velocity down. I can't say that the stuff looked – I mean, some of the stuff was hanging a little bit. But that happened. It's not necessarily – I mean, Zach Wheeler was hanging everything in the first inning in – Sunday's little league classic to the Nats, and then he figured it out the rest of the way. Just because a pitcher's hanging stuff could just be an off day, right? But the fact that um, who the heck is the Marlins' backup catcher who is starting <laughs> in that game hit a home run off of Gonsolin. It's like his second home run of the season, and the guy hadn't had a hit in the month of August. Um, did you forget Jacob Stallings' name? Yes, I did. The former the Pittsburgh great? Yes. Yes, I did. 
You know why? Because the guy hadn't hit it had a hit okay. had a hit the month of August. He's forgettable. It's fine. Until he took Gonzalo and deep over the center field wall. So I think there's uh, look. It's either going to be a legit thing or it's going to be the Dave Roberts phantom. Hey, he got lit up against a team that has no offense, um, so we're going to rest him. And I'm hoping it's that, to be perfectly honest. But we're going to, you know, we'll have to wait and see on the on the test results. Yeah, he just hasn't been very good. Actually, in that most recent start, velocity was actually up a little bit across the board. But he just hasn't been good enough this year that I'm willing to wait for him. I'm just no, I'm not willing to wait for yeah. him. But like you're hoping, if you're interested in him next year, you're desperately hoping that this doesn't lead to Tommy John in September or pull the Walker Bueller card and wait until November, so you really screw over everybody for the following season. Yeah could go that way for sure in toronto vladimir guerrero jr left earlier the middle finger discomfort discomfort doesn't seem like it's going to be a major issue it's just i have so many questions around vladimir guerrero jr this year yeah what happened well that's one I mean, of them that's the main one they moved them they moved they, they turned it into a softball field and it got worse yeah that's I, that's one question i have but like when you look his numbers are down, like slugging's down. I get it. OBP's up, which is thanks to an increased walk rate. He's still making a lot of hard contact. He's posted the second best expected batting average and expected slug of his career this season, but the actual slug numbers just aren't quite there for him. I think he's I think he's been playing banged up with something. I don't know what it is or what it is, but there Did he come into spring training banged up? Something's off. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah. Something's off. Well, there was a – did he have a knee thing in spring training? That vaguely rings a bell. Because I know we were talking about Jordan with a knee thing, but I'm pretty sure that that Vladito had like a knee thing coming into spring training and they kind of slow rolled it and said he'd be okay and maybe he would – you know, slowly start the season rather than being in every game at the beginning of the season. They kind of skipped some stuff. And I don't know if it's – I'm with you. There, there's got to be something that's not fully healthy with him because the quality of contact is there. The results aren't. I mean, taking the walk rate, okay. But walk increasing your walk rate should actually increase your chance of power because you're getting better pitches to hit. Yeah. He and did leave he did leave a spring training game right before the WBC with knee discomfort. Okay. So so maybe it lingered? Maybe, maybe it has lingered. lingered. I mean, he's not exactly the smallest dude. And it's not like we can just, you know, for a guy I mean, like I'm not, I'm not trying to like No, but like same. I'm just saying he's a big dude and if you have a lingering knee thing, I mean, for gosh sakes, I tweaked a knee a few weeks ago, and it's like I'm not that big, and it still lingers, and I don't <laughs> I'm not playing baseball every day on it or trying to hit 95 mile an hour, uh, you know, fastball. So I think you're right. I think there's something lingering there as for the middle finger thing. Maybe a couple I, days. I'm not really worried about I'm it. I'm not that concerned about it. Yep. I would agree. I'm trying to give bad gestures to baseball fans, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's just – it's not like he was like a 15 to 20 stolen base guy in years past where then we could see like, oh, he's only run five times this year. Pretty clear. Yeah, that case. guy's not stealing – no, 
we don't have it. He's actually attempted seven stolen base last year. He attempted 11 last year, so it's actually really not that far off, all things considered. No, but you could swap him in in the Dan Vogelbach commercial about the bigger bases, and <laughs> you wouldn't even have to change the script. <laughs> yep. Marcus Stroman, there's some weird vibes here. I, You know, we talk about Vladdy Jr. not knowing what's going on. The quote around Stroman is that there's going to be an undetermined amount of rest before determining a rehab schedule. That sounds like nobody knows yeah. what's going on, what's happening, what it is, what's up. I'm again, I'm not really holding my breath for him either. Yeah, it doesn't I, really sound very encouraging. Wasn't the report like fractured cartilage, which first of all, I didn't even think you could fracture cartilage. Like it's a different texture. I didn't think it would fracture. I think you just like, you know, tore it or what I don't know. Um but yeah, that sounds uncomfortable. I know that before the injury, he had given up a historic amount of runs in consecutive starts. Mm-hmm. What, like 140 runs in seven starts or something? Like, it was, <laughs> it was an insane amount of runs in a short amount of innings. Um, like 17 innings and 140 runs or something? I don't know. It was 27 earned runs in 26.2 innings in his last six starts. Yeah, not great. I think that stat might have been over like first innings for the whole year he might get, but I don't. Um, but either way, that's still an ERA over nine. Yeah, way over nine. Way, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's literally a, a an earned run in an inning. So, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. The Cubs have gotten better since he's not been on the mound for them, mm-hmm. and they're in the heat of a wild card run right now. So hard to make the argument that you don't want to see one of your top pitchers, but not the way he's been pitching. And then we have a potential return for Joe Ryan for the Minnesota Twins, 71 pitches in his last start in his rehab assignment. It's maybe one more for him, and he doesn't really have much really to work up to. What are they going to do? Do another rehab start where he throws 80 and then he can come up and throw 90? I mean, you might as well just bring him up now and restrict him to 75 to 85 pitches. Yeah, I mean, you want him – I mean, the Twins are basically going to win that division by default because they didn't sell at the deadline. They didn't buy either, but they didn't sell, and everybody else in their division did. So mm-hmm. um, so I would bring him back and let him – you know, if you want him to do one more rehab, then cap his inning or cap his pitch count. In his first start back, like we just saw the Dodgers do with Kershaw and the Red Sox do with Chris Sale and, you know, just cap it. Just have him go out there 75 and then build up so that he's fresh-armed for your inevitable playoffs, uh, playoff berth. And for more injuries and injury news, we do have the Fantasy Baseball Injury Report over at FantasyAlarm.com. Justin Fencerman does a great job with that. And if you aren't already – a all pro subscriber you should do that take my word for it you can get a a free trial for seven days get you access to basically everything we got over there and if you have a fantasy football draft this weekend it will give you access to the fantasy football draft guide so head on over to fantasyalarm.com and get your all pro subscription matt time for flavor of the week i'll go ahead and go first because mine actually ties into yours so you know when you go to a you go to a restaurant and you're looking at all the different food, mainly the meat, and you'll see there's this little asterisk next to it. And 
you go down, you see it. It's the whole consuming raw or undercooked meats, poultry, seafood, shellfish, rags may increase your risk of foodborne illness. So Kyle Harrison, young prospect, he's getting the call. He's going to come up. We've talked about him a couple times. Actually, I think it was like in back-to-back podcasts. I think we talked about him, especially with prospects. But I'm going to make it really hyper-focused on Kyle Harrison here. You see on the menu, you get that there's a really nice filet mignon. The Whatever they're doing with it sounds amazing, right? That's Kyle Harrison. If all you do is look at the strikeouts, very, very good. A lot of fantasy goodness to be had there. However, you can't just, you know, ignore the fact that what if they undercook the food? What if they miss something? What if it's bad? Like, just because you give me a piece of Wagyu beef, you give you a piece of Wagyu beef. You and I are not spitting out the same thing. And I'm very confident I know which one I would rather eat. It's going to be the one that you prepare for sure. So like that's what when it comes to Kyle Harrison and other prospects, but mainly Harrison, do not ignore the potential downsides of it. You know, it's just he's got command issues. Since he's come back from this hamstring injury, he hasn't thrown more than four innings. And I said it to you before the podcast, he's going to come up, make his debut against the Phillies. I love the strikeout upside. I think he's going to strike out over a batter an inning, but I think we're staring down the barrel of like three and two thirds, three hits, two or three earned runs, three to four walks, four to five strikeouts. That's what we're looking at. Just because it sounds perfect on the menu does not mean it's going to come out perfect or how you expect. So just temper those expectations. Matt, yeah. what's your flavor of the week? It's... Uh... It's a little disappointing to watch what's happened to Kyle Harrison this year because he has been one of my favorite pitching prospects uh, in a while. Uh, Lefty pitching prospects hold a special place in my heart. I am left-handed. But he's just not not efficient right now. So if you're expecting anything better than a mediocre game line from him, you're looking in the wrong place. Like, I don't think he's going to get to the majors and all of a sudden go six innings with eight strikeouts and no walks and two hits and no earned. Like, I don't think that's happening. This is not a product of pitching in the PCL. It's a product of he has no idea where the ball is going when it leaves his hand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as for my flavor of the week, we're going with diet fads. Now, why are we talking about diet fads when it's 110 degrees outside? Well, I mean, everybody's got to get into beach shape at some time, right? Uh, No, what this ties into is everybody loves a diet for like one or two weeks. And then a new diet comes out and, oh, you should starve. And whatever you were doing the last two weeks is now bad for your body. And you should go and do this this week because this is great. And the next week, we'll forget all about that and go with something else. Now is the time of year where prospects come up for about a week and then they go down. And then you never hear about them. And then they come back up and everybody in the prospect world is going to tell you, oh, you should go and nab all of these guys. And I know I personally said that like a week ago about some of the dudes that came up. But the difference was those guys were getting at bats. The guys that come up now, not getting guaranteed at bats. Noel V. Marte called up for the Reds. Do we know if he's getting at bats? I don't know. Vaughn Grissom's back. Anybody realize that? No, because the dude's defense is terrible and he's not going to get consistent at bats. Right? The Rays are going to call up about 65 different pitchers uh, because 66 of their dudes are injured. 
the Nats called up Blake Rutherford, who, by the way, I totally forgot was A, still a prospect, and B, was in the Nats system at some point. He used to be a Yankees farmhand. Um, that guy hasn't done really anything. So are we loving the prospects getting called up? Sure, it's always fun to see new folks, but – do you have to jump at the flavor of the week, the diet fad that week, the prospect of the week? No. you got to evaluate why they're being called up because at this point, none of the service time counts against rookie uh, standing. That's the other thing to keep in mind. These teams can swap dudes out now, and the prospects do not accrue service time. right? And then September 1st comes, goes to 28-man rosters, which means there's even more mouths to feed. So just be careful. Do your research. Make sure you're not just jumping on the hot topic because it's a hot topic and you want to be part of the it crowd. Yep. And if you are going to jump on the, the fad diet, in this case, you pick up a prospect because you have like a free roster spot, go for it. Do not be tied to them, especially in like redraft. Do not be tied to them in any sure. way. So like take your chance on Noel V. Marte. And if he struggles for the first week and some new dude comes up, go ahead, drop Marte. Like at this point, we're not – we're so late in the fantasy season now that you don't really Nothing is going to shift your – like nothing is shifting your ratios at this point, really. Like if yeah. a guy gets hot for a week, your locked-in season-long batting average isn't going to go up by more than like a point because the sheer number of at-bats yeah. is just not that – you know. And if you're that close to people in other categories – one week of a hot hitter, regardless of prospect or not, is probably going to change your fortune. And once they cool off, drop them because but, it does not matter. Correct. And especially like like for like leagues, if you do play in like fantasy baseball points leagues, ride the hot bat the second they go cold, pick up the newest you know flavor of the week, pick them up, ride that hot bat, drop them for the next one. That's how you got to do it here. We're not worried about this you know long term here. It's right now, especially in the playoffs, you get the hot bat, you ride it through. And you swap it for the next one. That is how you do it. But Matt, wrap this week's episode with everyone's favorite game show here. Name that player. So NL Central infielder. Highly regarded prospect who was just called up in the past couple of days as injuries have kind of hit the big league club a little bit. My raw power grades out higher than my game power, but I'm in one of the best hitter parks. So that should at least help my power a little bit. Despite a below average speed grade, I routinely stole double digit bases in the minors and actually already stole a base in the big leagues already. So there's that to boot. Matt, what NL central infielder am I talking about? Who coincidentally you were just talking about. I was, uh, Noelle Marte came up for yep. the Reds. Yes. What, uh, what's, what's the, what's the story with him here? Like that it's a crowded infield. Nothing's changed there, yeah. but at least Jonathan India is going to be out for a little bit. seems. So it seems like there's going to be some at bats for him. Is there enough fantasy juice there? Maybe. I mean, the Reds are clicking right now, right? Like their offense is, is still chugging. Eli De La Cruz is still doing magical things on a baseball field. Every time he sets foot on it had, I don't know, one of the fastest inside the park home runs I've ever seen <laughs> the other day. You know, it, he does get a little interesting because if your league goes off of where they played in the minors, Noel Marte qualifies at both shortstop and third base because he played 47 games at third base at AAA this year. Um, so yeah, I, I would take a shot on him. I mean, it is a crowded situation, and when India comes back, it gets more crowded. The only benefit is it's a 28-man roster at that point. 
but still got to find the bat somewhere, and I don't know where they're doing it. And then secondly here, AL Central third baseman slash shortstop, mainly third base here for 2023. After spending the beginning part of the season rehabbing a knee injury, I played about a month for the big league club, and I hit 326 during that stretch, though I didn't steal a base, which is something fantasy managers are hoping that I would. I missed some time with an oblique issue, but since returning to the club, I've hit anywhere as high as second, but no lower than six. I've slashed 278, 381, 389, and even stole a base. I do have a higher strikeout rate and a lower walk rate gives some cause for concern in OBP formats, but I have all the tools necessary to be a reliable fantasy producer for years to come, health willing. What primarily third baseman, but may have shortstop eligibility in the AL Central am I talking about here? Uh, We're going with former number one overall pick of the Minnesota Twins, Royce Lewis. Should he be owned in all formats at this point? I would give a shot to his – I mean, he's got the skill set. I mean, he was a number one pick for a reason. It may not have looked that way when they drafted him, but, man, their scouts did a great job. He grades out his five tools. Um, He's probably going to be a third baseman going forward because I don't see them moving Carlos Correa off of shortstop anytime soon. I don't think he really profiles at second either. I think the bat plays well enough at third to keep him there. Um, Everybody could use some corner help at this point. Yep. So take a look and see if Royce Lewis is available. Be careful with prospects coming up. If you have spots, go ahead and pick them up. But just remember, diet fads come around all the time. And just because that filet mignon sounds good on the menu, it may not come out as you expect. And head over to fantasyalarm.com. And once again, join us here. Get that all pro subscription or just do a seven day trial. Check out everything that we have to offer. And if you have fantasy football drafts upcoming, get your hands on the fantasy football draft guide and cheat sheet. Also, give Matt Sells a follow on X, formerly known as Twitter, at the Salesman. I am at Colby R. Conway. And we will see you later this week with the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Rise and shine for National Biscuit Month with Hardy's Famous Buttermilk Biscuits. Made with love from scratch, fresh all morning. It's not the easy way, but it's the right way. Hardy's goodness in the making.